Hello and welcome to the Mobile Home Expert Podcast. I'm Jason Sorotin here, as always, with Glenn Esterson. Glenn, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I, this episode is really going to be focused um, around um, some deals that you have going on. And I don't want people to think that like this is a sales pitch for you. I'm asking Glenn to go through these deals with me because I want to know them and I want you to hear all the dumb questions that I'm asking or smart questions as I get more educated and, and talk through the deals. Now all these deals are available through Glenn, but like that is not the point. The point is to learn about what questions to ask or, you know, to learn about different parks and what the advantages and disadvantages are. So Glenn, what do we got going on? What are the hot picks for you right now? Uh, well, we got a bunch of deals right now that are pretty exciting and some some that are a little scary, uh, but uh, I think all of them have some uh, aspect of a strong appeal for the right person. Um, you know, for, for somebody like you just getting into it, some of the deals we're running right now would probably not be the greatest fit because, you know, they're, they're heavy lifts and, you know, might require, um, you know, a bit more capital on your first deal that, to outlay than you might be comfortable with. Right. Uh, that, you know, that said, um, I think, you know, going through for, for this example, um, you know, maybe talking about, you know, uh, a couple, a, a couple of these deals that would be a real good fit. And then one or two that maybe wouldn't be such a great fit and, and discuss why they wouldn't be. That'd be great. Um, you know, I think that's, I think that's kind of like the good way to, to go with this. Stuff. I agree. Let's um, get into it. I want the good ones. All right. Starting with the good ones is, is, is actually one that I think we talked about before um, is this deal I have in Pennsylvania. Oh, by the, 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 the resort place? The, the, the cottages on the river? Yes. Yeah. So that one we actually just brought out yesterday. Um and I know we, we previewed it a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, this one's finally out on the market. Oh. And in, you know, in, in one day's time, um, we brought it out yesterday morning at 730. By, by the time I got back to my desk this morning at, you know, five, six o'clock, uh, I had seven offers on the deal. And what made this deal so attractive, that would have been, I, I don't know that I would have recommended this for you as your first kind of deal but something like this could have really worked i was into this one at the dinner we had yeah, with all those yeah, mobile home park owners this. yeah this is the deal that i was talking about because it was like people weren't even there half the time they were using it as a recreational place right yeah you know about a, a third of them weren't there all the time about two-thirds live there pretty regularly um and so it's about 75 78 spaces we have it out at three and a half million dollars, um, which, you know, is about an eight percent cap rate. And, uh, you know, we, we've explained to you what, what cap rates are, but it, it's basically, you know, the NOI divided by eight percent is uh, the purchase, you know, is, is how we get to the purchase price. Um, now, 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 it, you, you know, now, if you're going to explain cap right, let's go back over NOI. What is that? What is that acronym for? So that's for the net operating income Got it. Uh, of the park. And, and in this case, there's nothing but land lease uh, uh, tenants there and, you know, lot renters. Uh, Ooh, know, so this is, this is tenant owned homes. Yeah, it's all tenant owned uh, homes. 
even sexier and, now to me. Right. I've decided that right. I'm a tenant owned home guy. I think, I think you should be on your first deal. And with this one, the tenant owned homes are, are actually mostly cottages and, and the distinction between mobile home cottage and single family home is, is so slight. Uh, you know, these cottages are basically put on a slab. They're not affixed to the ground like a single family home. But of course, they look like a single family home, uh, but they're more like a mobile home in the fact that they're not affixed to the ground with a permanent foundation. Um, and so, uh, you know, the tenants tend to live in these things for 30, 40 years, um, but they look like houses. There's, some of them are real cute, like A-frame style. Some are traditional style. Some are like, oh, okay, so that's what you did style with that with, with all those curves and, and whatnots there that you built yourself. Um, but they do last a long time, and these tenants do stay there a very long time. And for the landowner, it's uh, it's an excellent opportunity because it, it is very easy to operate this park. Um, and these guys bought bought the park from the Carnegies back in the late nineteen late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. So it's been in their family a very long time, um, and it's right on the river. With a lot of these tenants have a, a boat dock with nice boats out in front of them. It's not your, your typical park, and it's across the street from a super target and a major retail corridor. Uh, the challenge is the challenge with this. Why I wouldn't have recommended it for you, but on paper you you know if, you know would say, Glenn, this is the one I want. Um, would be because it comes with all septic. It, the whole park is on septic. You know, each unit's got its own septic, which yeah. is not the scariest thing, but it's a thing to be concerned about. But they're and in charge of it, has, right? Or are we in they're, charge? They're of in it? charge of it. But, you know, enforcing that might not be always doable because if a tenant doesn't want to fix something and they've already paid their rent and they go to the city, you might still have, have to go fix it. Of course, you can then evict the tenant after, the, you know, his, his, uh, his payment is expired. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it can still be an aggravating thing. So should and you just consider has, if you have that situation that you're going to be the one in charge of it? Yeah, I mean, I think a new owner is going to be. You okay, know, I gotcha. think a new owner is going to still try and pass pass the buck to the tenant, but at the end of the day, I don't think a new owner is going to operate it like the old owners, where they just you know kind of put their head in the sand in case that there's a problem and you know force the tenant to fix it or move out. I don't know that that's what a new guy would do owning this. I personally would be a bit more preemptive if I was the owner of the park. Um, and on the um, uh, on the other side of the deal, there's a uh, a commercial building. That, uh, you know, is a significant portion of the income on, on some level. It's uh, I don't remember offhand, but I want to say it's, you know, five to 10 percent of the income. And it's a, uh, a long term tenant that it has a tool and equipment rental company um, that's there as well. So, it's, you know, it's not all apples wow. to apples, wait, wait, wait. you know, kind of like so across from the target, there's this tool rental place that is on the property and you own that commercial property, too. Correct. What kind of structure Correct. is it? It's a it's a giant metal building, but a nice looking metal building. Uh, but you know, you you've been to them before. Like you've gone into uh, uh, like a place to maybe get your riding lawnmower repaired. It's probably you know a place like that. You know that kind of style metal big building, and, and they rent you know scissor lifts and and uh, construction equipment, and they got you know all that kind of stuff going on in the front yard. You know along the road. You know it's filled with you know equipment for rent. Um, and inside the building, which is a significant size building, you know, if I had to guess, and I don't know this number offhand, I should, uh, but if I had to guess, it looks like it's about five or 6,000 square feet and, um, you know, in, in good shape. 
But those for a first time buyer, I think now you're navigating too many variables uh, for me to put my good buddy Jay into. Um, you know, I would want to know that in 10 years, you're going to think I was a genius for putting you into that park. <laughs> right. Um, it and, still and, and sounds not, not, not a jerk because, you know, there's all this extra stuff we didn't discuss. Uh, during your education process. Yeah, you know? I didn't so, uh, I, I didn't know that there was a commercial property on it when we first talked about it, but I, I don't know if it's just the um, entrepreneur in me, but I was like, man, that's kind of cool. Like, because if that tenant cool, right? if that tenant ever leaves, I could have a business right there, and if there's a super target, like, what's stopping me? If it's a commercial space, could I knock down that building and put up a restaurant or a dry cleaner? I would, you know, the zoning might prevent it. I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you what zoning would allow you to do with that other, uh, you know, other than something similar that's already there. By similar, I mean, you know, closer to a an industrial style retail uh, service um, than a restaurant. Usually, that's a different zoning. Usually. Right, but I could do uh, a but, tombstone making place, probably. Right, <laughs> or an RV right. sales. Yeah, that kind of thing. Exactly. But, so <laughs> so let me, I, just in the interest of continuing the conversation around due diligence, right? Like to me, that would be really important to know. How would I get the information of, of what I'm allowed to do? Right. So during your due diligence, you know, if we got that far and we, we negotiated and, and got this thing under contract and, and just so, so you're aware on this deal, almost all of those offers we got were more or less full price offers. And the one we, we, with the ones we're looking at are full price and cash and closing in like, you know, 45 to 60 days. So it became a very competitive offering. Again, something I wouldn't want to put you into right. necessarily on your first deal. Uh, Cause that's how people tend to overpay and get mad at me, uh, you know, a little bit later. Right. Uh, because we're, we're here, we're, we're here, you know, making competition happen on an offering. Um, and that's, you know, it's great for a seller, but a buyer sometimes don't always exactly like it. Um, but, you know, when you get if, if you were to win and go under contract, the due diligence would be pretty clear. I mean, you're, you're going to have to inspect, you know, pretty much everything. And you're going to have to get a survey and you're going to have to get a phase one and you're going to have to talk to the municipality. I mean, like that that's going to be the first thing that you pretty much go do is talk to the municipality, go and pull permits for everything that's ever been done at that park, go and pull every piece of document that you can and and get comfortable with it. And you'll have, you know. 30 days or so to review everything and get the survey done and get the phase one done and, and you know, uh, you know, uh, verify all the income streams and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. But the scary part of the due diligence is, is you know, for you would be that it costs a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. How um, much, you know, how much is that process? It, it, you know, it's different everywhere you go, but you know, it's, it's a phase one, typically something like, you know, 2,500, 3,500, a survey could cost you, you know, three to five grand, might be cheaper, might be more, um, you know, doing your septic inspections, you know, it could be very expensive. Uh, you know, one guy that uh, already dropped out of the race uh, when he got into understanding what his septic costs were going to be for, for inspection, because he wanted a hundred percent complete clarity. He was going to pay a local septic guy. He got a quote from them to come and drain everybody's septic tanks you know, pump them out, uh, fill them with dyes and send it, you know, and, and flush the system so they can see where every drain field and drain line and, and all that stuff is. Um, and it was going to cost them about a thousand bucks a lot. Uh, and, and that's $75,000 plus or minus for, 
you know, uh, for this guy's in- inspection fees, which is a lot of money. I mean, it's, it's a straight up lot of money because, yeah. you know, you can almost just say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go into a blind. I'm going to reserve that 75000 And because City Soar is available, I, I'm going to say uh, maybe I just bank that for, you know, my connection to the City Soar. Uh, which is also pretty expensive, usually about, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars a tap. And depending on how you do it, you might have to tap every unit if the if the city makes you. Uh, which also means you'd have to worry about you know repairing the roads. And since the roads in this case are a little bit chewed up, you might just say, hi, so I have to do this connection, I have to repair the roads. I'm looking at probably five hundred thousand dollars at the end of the day of what everything needs to go into this deal to bring it up to, you know, A plus. Um, and you know, that for you, I don't think what is what I would want you doing on your first deal. Okay. For somebody that's got the bandwidth, for somebody that's you, got the bandwidth, they're going to make, this is going to be an excellent deal and they're going to love this deal in a few years. So, um, so, so is there a deal on the table that you think would be a good fit for me? Or is there, is there a deal that you think would be a good one down the road that we can talk about next? Yeah. Yeah. So there's actually a really good deal that, that I'm a big fan of. Um, it's it's a little bit challenging and a little bit you know uh, a little bit scary from from the financing side, but it's in Florida. It's a it's a real nice deal in Florida in in uh, uh, the, like the Smyrna Beach area. Oh, uh, the nice. Daytona, USA. Okay, um, and it, you know it's uh, it's it, it's it's a coupon clipper. It's like what you look for in a deal as far as easy going, especially if you're more of like the the mom and pop kind of guy that isn't trying to go big and he just wants a nice thing that returns, you know, consistent money every month uh, with, with very little effort because that's how the guy's running it now. And, um, you know, these tenants at this park, it's like a 50 space park. Uh, it's all lot rent. It's all little old ladies, you know, grandmas and retirees and stuff like that. Nice uh, place. Everybody. Yeah. It's, it's very nice. It's, you know, I mean, it's got, you know, if it was me, I'd probably throw $50,000 into it to gussy it up and put some, you know, nice landscaping in. So maybe nice fencing in things like that. And that gets you um, equity but, with, with the, with the people who are there too. Right. Like they're excited yeah, about having you there and that matters. Stuff, exactly. And that does matter because the seller that has it now, they all like him a lot. They all pay their rent on time, but you know, he also has, you know, he's very far below market rent. Um, and you know, he hasn't been investing back into the property and it does show in some spots of the park, you know, um, I think it's, you know, it's not anywhere close to far gone or anything. So, you know, some, some light road work and some light landscaping and some signage and some fencing would really do a lot and go, go real far for, you know, 50 grand or so. So would would I increase the lot rents? You would have to. Yeah. And, and, but you can do them gently here. You know, this guy... So this park is $2.2 million. This, this guy has 50 spaces, 50 tenants. Okay. Um, the lot rents at his park are only about $320. He hasn't gone up on rents in, in two years. And the last time he did, it was like $10 or something like that. Um, the market rents are, you know, our data and our comps and everything we can tell completely support $450. Um, However, if you're going to take some little old lady up from 320 to 450 overnight, you're not going to have a good time. I promise you, you might be able to get away with it, but you're not going to have a, a good time doing it. And it's that not what I would horrible. recommend. 
It's, it does. I mean, it, somebody right? living on like, social here. security and you're like, you know what? A hundred dollars more a month. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's, you know, that's real money to these guys. So, you know, the way that I've, you know, I've modeled it, you know, I'm seeing getting you to market rent or what would be presumably the market rent at that time in about five or six years uh, with, with slow and steady increases and you're improving things along the way. Uh, but it's not going to be a quick, you know, two bumps at, at fifty or three bumps at fifty dollars, and you're there. I'm thinking it's more like five bumps at thirty dollars, and you're there. Right. You know, right. Uh, something that's a whole lot more digestible. Um, but you know, people argue with me about the, the better way to do it. I, that's just the way that I would probably do it. Um, and that's how I would do it too. I don't want to like. It, it, I don't want to hurt it's, somebody. It's public, exactly. And I mean, it's public water and it's public sewer, and he's including it in the rents. And so you know, they're, they're still getting value with what's there. What's there, and even submetering would help. But in this case, the water is, is fairly inexpensive, so that your payback on the water meters would be a longer return than usual. Um, but the rest of the park, real nice, good books and records. And the reason this, the reason, you know, this guy, we haven't sold it yet because this one is still available. I probably brought this guy six or seven offers at this point. Um, and we're there, you know, the people that have, you know, gotten closer, we're able to get to our, our, our pricing because the pricing is pretty firm on it. It's 2.1 um, or 2.2? 2. 2.2. 2. 2. Uh, 2. Okay. Yeah. Um, 2.2. And he's offering owner financing on the deal, but he doesn't really want to sell because it's a pretty easy deal for him. So in order for him to be motivated to sell, it's, it's pricing and it's terms. And the terms he's offering is he wants to replace roughly about $85,000 of cash flow for himself because that's what about what it takes for him to live on and, and be happy, he says. So he wants debt service to be 85000 and he wants the down payment to be about 30% or 30% down. 30% down for most people is not a problem. Uh, the $85,000 a year based on the cash flow is not going to be a problem. What is going to be a problem is all of it combined. 2.2, 85,000 and 30% down really makes your cash on cash kind of bad. You know, it kind of makes it like, you know, a five and a half, six percent 6% yield uh, on day one. Um, and that's, that's, that's a little low. But I think for the ease of the deal and for knowing that in a couple of years, you're going to feel real smart on this deal. You know, I can see doing his terms at, you know, two, one or two, two, something in that range. And him, you know, and you getting a good deal, him getting a good deal. And then you put some money in and in a year you go up 30 and now all of a sudden your cash flowing nicely. And then by year three, you're cash flowing real nicely and you're having a high quality park. But most investors right now, are having a very hard time getting to, uh, to 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 make the equation work on all of their investment criteria. Um, you know, we you know a, a perfect number for this park is probably a million nine five two million bucks something like that. If you were just going to pay cash for it, unfortunately, he wouldn't sell it for cash. <laughs> so he, you know he doesn't want to take the tax. He wants to have the the tax protection through owner financing. And he wants to have some walk around money. So that, that's one other deal that, that I'm, I'm actually a big fan of. I'm surprised it hasn't quite hit, but I understand why it hasn't quite hit. Well, can, uh, but, but that's the deal. I, like. I might, I might have a illogical question, but how close to the ocean is it? Um, and then there's a follow up. A couple miles, you know, it's not too far. It's, it's a nice spot. It's by an airport, uh, you know, a small airport and it's in a good part of town. It's, you know, it, it's your typical coastal Florida, 
you know, stuff. It's not your, okay. your junk, mm-hmm. you know, the desperate type of areas. It's it's nice. It's, you know, grandma would live there. I mean, it's, right. you know, it's, what, it's nice. What happens if a hurricane hits, like, and destroys all of the houses? What happens to me? You had liability insurance and hopefully income uh, insurance, okay? Um, income loss prevention or whatever, whatever that insurance thing is that, 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 that protects loss of income for X amount of time. And basically if, if being that you don't own anything at the park, you lose, you lose the, the tenants, you lose the income, uh, and the, uh, insurance people will pay you out for X amount for X amount of time. Um, so they would, so the tenants would have to pay even if their houses were destroyed. Well, if their houses were destroyed and, and, and they, they vacated and, and all of that, you, insurance is going to clean up the mess, okay? Um, and then you're going to have a, a barren piece of dirt. And that's not always the worst thing because sometimes that gives you new opportunities. Uh, gotcha. But at the same time, it, it's going to be painful. But, you know, hurricanes happen. It's part of, it's part of living in the South. Um, you know, yeah, that's, that's coast, what made me know, think about it. Was, what do you do? What do you do if that happens? And, but th- it's good to know that there's other things. So, all right, let's do yeah. one I'll more. Let's do one more deal. Give me something nasty, something that, that it's like it, nasty. It's a really hard grind. And it's like, it's going to be really difficult to take on, but it's like a really good deal. Yeah. So, uh, we have a deal in, in South Carolina, uh, that's in a town called Orangeburg, which is about 40 minutes outside of Columbia. Okay, um, the market there is challenged. Uh, Columbia is a, is a pretty good market, but Orangeburg is a little challenged. It's uh, you know it's a poor community, um, and we have a 36 unit park owned home community for sale there. Now it's pretty stabilized. The owner is, does a good job, you know, maintaining what he has. He's an old old guy. He's been working it a long time. The tenants are, are very stable there, but they're all renters. Um, and there is a lot of maintenance. And what makes it really scary is that there's just only handwritten books and records, okay? The, the guy lives off of the income. They got other rental incomes. So their bank accounts are all co-mingled up together. And it's impossible to figure out what income is from what source, and the, um, the, but the park is in an opportunity zone. It is on public utilities. Uh, and we did price it with a nice high yield. Um, and we have gotten so many offers on this thing. However, everybody wants to finance this thing and you can't. And I keep telling people that, and the guy won't owner finance. We even brought him an owner finance deal for, for 12 months that he turned down. Um, what's the cost again? Uh, it's about, uh, uh, $800,000, give or take, you know, it, it, it could be a good starter park for somebody who doesn't mind a little, uh, you know, working a little extra, you know, to, to convert the homes and do all that. I think, you know, it's uh, if you got some energy in you, it's a good project and there's some good money to be made here. Uh, but the seller needs to sell for cash because um, he can't finance it. And he's just, un- you know, he's unwilling to finance it and a bank can't finance it. So, um, so, so he, that, he, did he pay cash for it? Does that matter? Like he's how does owned it, he's owned it forever and ever and ever. So it's um, long paid off. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and it's a, it, it is a very nice looking park, uh, other than the homes are, you know, eighties and stuff like that, but they're in good shape. 
Uh, but very nice looking park, well laid out. It's called the uh, Mel's Court in Orangeburg. And, you know, it, Safe place? I like the guy. I've seen his books. Mel's Place, it's his wife's name. No, no, is it, um, a, is it a safe place? Like, is it a good area? Uh, like I said, uh, Orangeburg's got a lot of challenges. God, um, okay, that's now, what you meant. I don't get subtlety, you know, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's not where I would want my grandma to live. But if I was, you know, if I was a young man living in Orangeburg, there's worse places to live. I mean, it's it's not a it's not a bad community. It's not a something that that, that I would want my children living in per se. But uh, at the same time, if I was in that area and that was an option, it, it's a better option than a lot of the other options. Out gotcha. Um, you know, it's, but but I wouldn't live in Orangeburg, <laughs> you know. So it's uh, you know, but this is rental money. This is income money. Right. And from a business standpoint. You know, you're not. You can't dispute his occupancy. His occupancy is very strong, and it's a, it's it's a very sticky tenant base he has um, for being renters. Uh, I think they would make and a great park. All park-owned homes. Do you know what the all park-owned? And what's he charging? Is so w- when you're doing that, do you split up lot rent and home rent, or is it all kind of cont- well? We do. We do to, in order to sell it. We know that the market lot rent out there is about two hundred, two twenty-five at the top. Um, and we, you know, I've sold a few deals there and we got, we got good data there. This guy, you know, this guy's only getting 500 bucks, 450 bucks in rents, whereas he should be getting about 600 bucks in rents for those homes. Um, and, you know, but he's, you know, an old timer, if they stay there for 10 years, he probably never raised the rent for 10 of those years, you know, um, right. he's, he's that kind of guy, you know? So uh, the opportunity is good with it and, and the appetite apparently from the buyers are, are there for it, but the banks have no appetite for it. And so this would be a deal I would highly advise you to not change, to not chase. Right. But some of my other guys, it would make a perfect fit for them uh, because it's a, it's a good starter park. If you don't mind that kind of heavy work um, and the conversion, <clears throat> the conversion on this, the homes are so cheap in my mind, you give the homes away. Like we talked about, you know, a week or two ago, we give the homes away to the tenant for free and say, hey, you get a title to a house and you're going to be a lot renter here and your new lot rent's going to be, you know, $350, $400. And, you know, you're going to sign a five-year lease with me and I'm going to be happy about that. Um, right, but you I'm own the house. The title. <laughs> they own the house and now I'm going to go, go to the bank in one year and show, hey, look, I got, you know, the $400 lot rents, you know, $400 lot renters at my park. I want to refinance. And I'm going to get cashed out completely and put money in my pocket and have a cash flowing machine afterwards. You so know? a bank so will that, finance it after it's all lot rentals? Exactly. The bank will finance it again. Once you have good books and records and it you know meets all their other bells and whistles about paved roads and you know utility structure and, and park-owned homes and things like that, uh, the bank will refinance you out of it. Uh, usually you know, after one to two years, you can get refinanced out pretty easily. And that's where a lot of people exit. Uh, or at least recapitalize again, uh, you know, with these investments. That's um, smart. You know, selling it would be a little challenge in a year or two. Uh, but if you did, waited three or four, it probably is fine. And everybody's going to believe that you got real lot renters in place. Yeah. Uh, you know, trying to sell a, a fresh conversion in that first year is always very difficult. Hey, Glenn, are these deals up on the website currently? Uh, it, uh, two of those deals are up on the website currently. Uh, the Florida deal is not. They'll have to. No, actually, Florida is on the website, too. Uh, okay, they're, they're all on there. Um, and people can go check it out on, on the property listings page. Which is um, uh, the, the MHPexpert.com is where those are located. At, and just click on the uh, listings link, I believe. Exactly. 
And you can see all, you know, a bunch of other deals on there. There's there's a couple of real nice deals. That, you know, one that I would encourage you to buy to get, you know, if you want to talk about this other one called uh, Sure, uh, why not? One more. Small portfolio. It's a small portfolio here in where I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, I know this area very well. It's an excellent town. It's, I mean, for not being a, an Atlanta type of town, it's an excellent town. You know, it, there's lots of stuff to do, large population, growing it's everything. Great place. Um, you know, and the these parks are, three of them are, JR, you've been to my house. Three, three of them are, are 10 minutes from where I live. Oh, wow. Um, and they're real nice. And the fourth one is, is, you know, 20 minutes from where I live. And one of the nicer of the top five parks in all of Wilmington. And the other three are probably, you know, in the top seven of all the nice parks in Wilmington. It's, it's a nice little package, uh, 6.25 million. Um, and, it, and this, this goes against what I normally say about park owned homes is, uh, this is a park that has a heavy park owned home allowance in it. Uh, but I, I think that's perfect for this market. And I think that the homes are very new. A lot of them are, are you know, 2016 type of homes. Um, you know, there's wow. about 100, 160 spaces altogether with about 100 park-owned homes, um, but really nice park-owned homes. You're not going to have nearly as many challenges with newer, nicer park-owned homes. And you're getting them at a discount in here the way we price them. And you should be able to flip those out pretty quickly. However, you would not be able to do the gift exchange. Uh, it probably wouldn't pencil out. Uh, but this one, if you were licensed and can go sell these homes, you should be able to sell these homes, you know, between eighteen and $25,000 each. Um, and, you know, we have them priced at about $15,000. So uh, I think on, on a lot this of field, upside. makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of upside there. And it's, you know, one of the parks is brand new, just built last year. You know, and, which is you know, also they, rare they right have, now to get a uh, right a new park. Right. This was this was a complete redo. This was a, an ugly park. They scraped to the ground and then rebuild everything: new infrastructure, new roads, underground utilities, uh, concrete driveways. You know, I mean, it looks it looks really nice. Again, like where I would let my mom or grandma live. The uh, his his mom, in fact, uh, lives in one of the parks. Um, oh, that's wow. how nice these parks are. You know. Um, and it's, you know, 160 spaces, uh, city water included in, in rent at all the parks. Um, it's on septic for three of the parks, city sewer for that newer park, but the septics are all in excellent shape. And out here in Wilmington, that's just pretty normal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, overall, very clean deal, very good books and records, highly financeable and the seller's willing to own or finance. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do a, a deal with, you know, 40 or 50% down, for a seven or ten year, uh, for a seven or ten year note um, at, at reasonable interest rates and all that kind of stuff, but I think a bank would also be able to finance this deal with no problem, and, and maybe the seller carries the homes. So this is a deal I would probably have encouraged you to look at um, yeah. if you can afford six point two. Uh, you know, you'd have to come up with about three million bucks plus cash. or minus to get into the deal. Uh, yeah, in cash. How much? Um, because there's four parks, the due diligence is like four times as expensive because it's like you got to do everything four times. Yeah, kind of. You know, I mean, it's not necessarily four times as expensive. You're, you're going to still save some money on the independent, you know, one over one over one kind of thing. But, you know, like the brand new park, very little due diligence. You'll need to deal with inspection because everything's on permits. You'll see exactly where, you know, where and what and how and all that stuff. That's municipal, cool. Uh, records. Um, and the other ones, they're in, they're in good shape. And, you know, three of them are all clustered right next to each other. 
Um, could I break? Know, the, could the I board. could I break them all up into different like LLCs? And does that have a benefit? Like if I did three well, that's how this guy that's how this guy owns them right now. Okay, cool. I think three out of the four are owned in different LLCs. Okay, um, cool. Or, or various because that way he could sell them off one at a time if he wanted. But like this is exactly. almost like one of those deals that you package for like hedge funds that are looking to buy you know well, neighborhoods. Institutions institutions wouldn't really be looking at this at this kind of quality and this kind of size. Um, but a uh, you know a guy who wants a nice healthy looking package that returns like our numbers on this are about a 7% cap going in on day one. And it's about a, uh, if you include all the park owned home income, it's almost a 10% return on, on the park owned home income. Um, and so, you know, this, this is a nice entry day. His rents are at 325. Most of Wilmington's now at 400 and, you know, there's, there's some good rooms to push in there. 325 a month for the, for the mobile home. For the lot rent. Uh, okay, some of the mobile you. homes are, you know, some of the mobile homes, like the new double wides are renting for like 1200 bucks a month. Wow. Uh, but most of the, but most of the, I think it's average. Yeah. I think it's average was about $600 a, a month on top of the lot rent. Yeah. So you so could be making, you could be making like 150 a house in profit a month. Yeah. You can be, yeah. You, you, there's some nice money to be made in this deal. Ooh, um, man. This deal does deal sound sexy. <laughs> I like it. You know? I don't it, know if I have 6.2 million sitting around right now. Yeah, that's, that's going to be your challenge right now. But that's the kind that's of a deal, lot. You know, you know, so for, for every opportunity out there, there's some caveats of whether it would make a good first-time deal for you. Uh, and I think we've kind of covered a few of them that, that you know, shows you it's not a cookie-cutter thing every single time. Sometimes, no, you don't want septic. Sometimes, yes, septic's fine. Sometimes, no, you don't want homes. Sometimes, yes, homes are fine. And to, to, to apply a carte blanche kind of, you know, mentality to this industry is, is not going to be helpful for, for your success, uh, in my opinion. I think, you know, being open-minded to seeing each opportunity and looking for the highlights and the red flags in each of them, uh, it, it, you know, they have to be done on a case-on-case basis. And, um, you know, even though Pittsburgh might have sounded to you like the best opportunity, I still would be like, Jay, I don't think you should do that deal. Yeah. You know? Well, I wouldn't uh, do it if it, you said not to. Yeah. Let me ask you, know, you a question. The deal in Florida, I, I would probably say, Jay, you're going to love me in 10 years. I think this is going to be the right deal for you. Yeah. That sounds like a long time. <laughs> 10 years. So, Glenn, <laughs> I, I had a question. So, uh, Glenn and I got together in Atlanta a few weeks ago, and there were a bunch of, there was a convention of some kind and a bunch of mobile home park investors and, and, um, brokers and all that stuff got together. And, and a few of the people uh, at the dinner we were at mentioned to me that they had like investment, investment groups, right? How is it just like any investment when gathering investors, like you're determining what the split is and all that stuff before you go into the deal? Or have you seen it yeah. differently? Or I'm just curious because yeah, this I mean, is a $6 million deal. This sounds like a good earner it could be for you it could be for whoever's going to get it it's you know the guy just signed the listing agreement with me yesterday um and it's it's going to be an attractive deal the you know with the guys that we went out to dinner with um you know a lot of them are are syndicators and and you've heard me refer to them before basically they're like hey i want to do this business but i don't have enough money to do it on my own i'm going to go you know, talk to, you know, Jim and, and Joe and Bob and John and see if they could each, you know, come in and I'll be, 
the you know they'll be equity partners and I'll be the operating partner and maybe I can get in this deal for for less money but keep my amount of equity and you know you start you start kind of like any other business you start figuring out what you're going to be best at with doing this deal and how you're going to you know uh, operate this deal and what the numbers are going to look like on this deal and you package it together and you say hey you know guys we're going to you know form something together I'm going to give you to say uh, uh, you know ten percent uh, interest on your money. And um, I'm, you know, and, and I'm going to give you X amount of, of equity in the deal, but uh, I'm going to keep this amount of equity in the deal, and I'm going to run the deal for us, and you know, and go through that whole equation of how the math works for everybody. Um, you know, and that's very, very typical. The problem with with syndications are is everybody's trying to do them, and you know, you have to. Have a, and a lot, a lot of people are pulling them off very successfully. It's a, it's, a, it's an excellent way to enter into the, any real estate market as a syndication. Um, but at the same time, there's, there's, you know, at some point we'll talk about some of the horror stories that I've got, that we've gone through, like with that one fella, uh, you know, uh, Waldo in my book, who just, you know, had a massive syndication, but was very unresponsive and eventually ended up getting sued by people and losing money and SEC and all this stuff. So, you know, there's challenges for it. And on your first deals, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want you to risk somebody else's money on your concept. You know what I mean? I think, I think you know, what if it doesn't work? And then you're going to, you know, upset that whole side. I would say prove the concept first and then bring people into it. Although I would say more people are not proving the concept first. They're just jumping in with all sorts of people's money. And it, it can be dangerous. I mean, it, it can be dangerous, you know, because this business this business can shift and and the the economy can turn and you might not know as much as you think you know and you know the cities can crack down on you because you overlook some things and before you know it you could be like waldo like you know not wanting to uh to to participate on the downslide uh while uh, investors are yelling about you know where are you where are you kind of stuff yeah um you know that makes total sense so on your first deal you know you know to me I would think your first deal you buy is a million, maybe $2 million on your own. You could throw in, you know, a quarter million to a half a million dollars of actual cash. Yep. And, you know, you, you, you buy something bite-sized. Um, and, you know, we ride this one out for a year or two and figure out exactly how to make it work for Jason. And then then we start bringing in some people that, you know, oh, look at what Jason's doing. Oh, you know, let's see if he'll, let's see if he'll do something with us. And then we get three or four guys each to throw in another 250 And then we go chase some bigger stuff after you've proven the concept. Right. Um, and see if I like it and see if it's something that I want like to stick it. with. I want to like what I'm doing. I think that's the, the critical part. And I still haven't like tapped in. I, I like, there are a lot of things I like about this, but a lot of things that like terrify me because I'm not good at dealing with, I don't think I'd be good at dealing with like pimps, right? Like or drug dealers right. in, in some of the shadier parks. And I know it's my <laughs> choice whether to buy those parks, but I'm just not good at dealing with those types of, pardon me, those types of situations. So they just kind of scare yeah. me. Um, yeah. Clint, and, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't until you have, you know, uh, a much larger understanding of, of the business, of the type of people, of the type of, you know, solutions available to you, because it's just going to be a headache and you want to enjoy it. Um, you know, with, uh, you, you, we had Ian and Ryan on with us a couple episodes ago. Those, you know, very young guys, very smart guys. They got into deals, you know, through syndications and it's made them, it, it's put them into an excellent position today. Um, and they bought some hard deals. They bought some perfect deals and, you know, they've, 
they've done well with what they had. But until they've reached this point that they are at now, which is about a thousand lots, they haven't really been able to make any money for themselves. Um, and, and because it's most of your money in the beginning has to go back to your investors, especially if they know more about the industry than you do and they're, they're giving you a chance. Uh, and, and in your case, you, they're probably going to know less than you do. And so you're right. going to have to, you know, really prove to them that, that, you know, you're a capable person and you're not going to make a lot of money if you bring in syndicators on your first few deals. Cause it gets, there's just not a lot to make, in, you know, when you're, when you're turning these parks around or when you're starting the operation and see, you know, that's it takes why, a minute for all. That's why we have to do a hundred podcasts because that's going to make me look so legit. Glenn, four awesome deals. People can find these deals on your website going to uh, www.themhpexpert.com. Click on the listings link and you can review all of Glenn's deals, including the four we talked about today. Um, If you want to reach Glenn, you can reach Glenn at gesterson at themhpexpert.com. And as always, you can reach Glenn directly on his mobile device at 423-483-0492. For the Mobile Home Park Expert Podcast, I'm Jason Sorotin with Glenn Esterson, and we'll see you next time.